Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The sick reality about creating content on social media is that it's going to absolutely wreck your mental health to begin with. It is a very hard thing to deal with. You are getting criticized from hundreds of thousands of people. And to take that all in and try to absorb and filter through all the feedback is very overwhelming. That's my friend and content creator, Jack Alexis. Between TikTok and YouTube, the guy has almost 2 million followers. But how does he deal with it? For this week's Rigs Off the Radio podcast, we're going inside the mind of a content creator on Mental Health Monday. Let's roll. Mental Health Monday is an informational podcast and should not be used to replace the specialized training and professional judgment of a healthcare or mental health care professional. Mental Health Monday can't be held responsible for the use of the information provided. Please always consult a trained mental health professional before making any decision regarding treatment of yourself or others. Self-help information and podcasts and information on the internet is useful, but not always the substitute for professional assistance. Unless otherwise noted, guests of Mental Health Monday are not doctors or licensed in any way. Our hope is to make a connection with you and be more open and honest about everyone's mental health. Thanks for checking it out. Enjoy the podcast. So this week's episode is titled, You've Got a Million Followers, Now What? Welcome to Rigs Off the Radio. It's another Mental Health Monday. If you ask me when I was little what I wanted to be when I grew up, probably say an astronaut or a baseball player or a radio DJ. Ask a kid now, though, and they'll probably say something like, I want to be a YouTuber. I want to be a TikTok person. Jack Alexis has succeeded at both. For some, it can be a stroke of luck, but for most, it requires a lot of work, a lot of persistence, and a big strain on your mental health. A lot of people put so much stock in social media. If you don't get enough followers, enough likes, enough comments, enough views, you start to get down on yourself. We don't even do it for a living. What if you did? Getting inside the mind of content creator Jack Alexis for Mental Health Monday. Now, if you had to put your title on like a business card, what would it say? Oh, man, that would... I don't think my title would fit on one business card if I wanted to group it all in together. So it's complicated. But if I were to go through social media, I'm a YouTuber and TikTok creator primarily. Now, I I know a lot of people that kind of aspire to be like I've talked to a lot of kids. They're like, I want to be a YouTuber when I grow up. I want to make videos on YouTube and I want to do Minecraft videos, which is kind of how you got your start making videos for Minecraft. How did you get your start doing this? Yeah, it's, you know, that's a loaded question right there, because how I got my start um, was eight years ago when I would just post random funny videos with the friends in the neighborhood. And that just never, you know, never went anywhere. We would upload about every other day on YouTube for years and never had a lot of success view wise or subscribers. I think I uploaded YouTube videos for six years and gained 312 subscribers. Wow. Um, and so, you know, well over six to 700 videos on YouTube. 
And then the uh, the app TikTok came out, and that kind of changed the changed the whole game for me. Now TikTok, that's somewhere you've got a, a million followers on TikTok, like one point three million, I think it is now. Yeah. And I've I've been to your crib. You have a nice little pad downtown, and you have the actual plaque from YouTube for was it five hundred thousand that you're at now, or was so it a hundred thousand? Yeah, YouTube does a hundred thousand, one million, ten million, fifty, and then a hundred. So those are the different plaque tiers for YouTube, which uh, are. Pretty awesome milestones, but I'm sure they come at like a cost and that's got to be, you know, a struggle to maintain and to continue to come up with content on a daily basis. So I just want to kind of, I wanted to take your temperature, like from a mental health perspective, because when I met you, I was like, God, this guy, like, he does a lot. He's constantly creating. Uh, I don't get any of his videos because I don't do Minecraft, but they're entertaining to watch because they're so fast moving. And you, you said at one point that you put so much time into every single second of your content. Yeah. What is yeah. the process like to put together a video? Is that stressful? Yeah, you know, it's it's all it's all came together with time. I've been doing it for such a long time. For me, finding the balance of how to make it as least stressful as I can, because when you're gonna be doing something for so long each day, if you have to wake up and hate doing that for five to six hours, it sucks. So finding an efficient way to film it is great. And I'm do YouTube shorts and TikToks. Um, so yeah, like you said, there's roughly between 15 and 25 seconds, but in that 15 to 25 seconds, I spend about three to four hours of editing. And so if you wanted to do the math and I'm not a crazy good math person, but every second, if it's a slow zoom, if it's a slight color shift, if it's a cool sound effect, everything has to move and flow over those 20 seconds to engage the audience, the full duration. And yeah, sometimes, you know, having to wake up and be creative each day to try to please everyone and get the largest reach you can have. It's, it's stressful. Yeah. So you, like, you basically, you have to always be on, always be thinking, always be creative. Is this your only source of income? Is this like, are you full time content creating on YouTube and TikTok? So when people ask me that, I tell them that TikTok and YouTube is my main, um, it's my main income earning job. I have a nine to five job. I work in healthcare real estate. So I buy and sell hospitals and medical office buildings. That's, wow. that's what I've been doing for a couple of years now. I found a balance of how I can do both and be very competitive at doing both and do both very well. Um, that doesn't leave a lot of time for a lot of other things, but uh, I have a really good fallback if one or the other you know takes off or one's not doing so great. I was going to say, are there backup plans in place? Because while everybody wants to do this, it could all go away at any moment if the platform goes down or something happens. No, How do you manage? Go ahead. Oh, no, no. Yeah, it, it's, you know, I went to college. I have a full college degree. I did four years at UW-Milwaukee um, in finance. And I don't regret a single one of those choices. It was great for me. I made a lot of connections. You learn a lot. And just some of those analytical skills and, you know, process of learning skills, you apply those to algorithms in social media. So, you know, a lot of these kids think that they can just become famous on social media and not, you know, stay with education and keep educating themselves. But that's what you have to do constantly to stay on top. And if you look at a majority of the top creators on YouTube, a lot of them have some form of higher degree um, past high school. So they don't just roll up out of bed and be like, I'm going to drop out of high school and be on YouTube. No. They well, some, some are luckier than others. And some just have that smartness and top, and some do that. But, you know, not, not all of them. And I, I know that a lot of them see the value, especially, you know, after their five to seven years of YouTube fame comes to an end. And all of a sudden they're managing a financial portfolio of sorts, having right. that, you know, background. So, yeah. How do you manage the stress of constantly creating 
uh, managing, I guess, millions of people that have their eyes on you all the time. How do you manage the stress of that and still maintain a good balance of having like healthy jack time? Like when you need to just relax, chill and unwind and not be stressed about making content. How do you do that? How do you juggle that balance? It's yeah, it, it, it's been a learning experience. I think when I initially blew up on TikTok and I gained, you know, I think I was at 200,000 followers on TikTok. To me, that felt like I was a celebrity. Like, you know, I felt like that was the most popular person. In reality, anyone can gain a couple hundred thousand followers off one good TikTok video. And so it gives you this diluted sense of fame and reality. And you have to reflect on that and ask yourself, what are your values? If that's what you're valuing. But you have this obligation almost of wanting to continue uploading great content because you want that feel of views and, you know, people watching and liking. And yeah, it's very stressful. I've come to a point now where it's like, I, I just don't care anymore. I do it because I enjoy doing it. Um, I make sure that I keep myself busy with it because the reality of social media is if you continue to post and struggle and suffer and grind, eventually you're going to have a video that does well. You've just got to be willing to put in the time, however long that is, how many other videos to get there. And through that process, you're going to hone your craft in really tight. And, and, you know, for me, it's, it's just a lot of fun right now, which is great. Yeah. How do you deal with the downfalls when something falls flat or if something doesn't go as good as you thought it was going to go, or maybe it doesn't get enough views or enough likes? Cause a lot of people struggle with likes and views and they've got, you know, 150 followers on Instagram and something gets two likes and they're devastated and destroyed because people put so much of their worth into social media. How do you do that when? your likelihood literally depends on those likes and those views. Yeah, you know, it, it is it is top-notch pressure because you're the only one to blame for what you put out. You know, there's no one else to fall back on. And yeah, some projects I will put in six to seven hours on and they'll perform at maybe 5% of what another video that took me a couple hours to do has done. And it's frustrating because you don't know exactly what it is in the algorithm that caused it to do that. Um, I think for me, having a healthy life balance is, is where that really helps shift the pressure. If I can go to the gym, if I can go be social with friends and kind of draw positivities from other areas of life and then bring that positivity back and throw it right back into the videos and that attitude of just, all right, this didn't work out. I'm going to get the next one. And if it yeah. takes 20 more times, I'm going to get it. Persistence is what it is. Yeah, Persistence. of course. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you deal with a lot of judgment from people outside with, quote, real jobs that are like, oh, you're just a streamer, you're just a YouTuber? How do you deal with that kind of judgment that you probably get kicked your way every once in a while with things? Yeah, so, you know, I, I thought I was going to get more of it than I actually get. There is several uh, of my neighborhood, the kids I grew up in my neighborhood that are currently in high school right now. Um, and they're in a lot of my videos and they're, you know, the high school knows what they do. They know they're in the videos. Those kids are getting more flack than I'm getting. It's that adults or, you know, kids my age, adults a little bit older, start to become more accepting to the social media idea. Once they can see the numbers that I'm doing, the money that's coming in, it validates it where it's like, yeah, screw it. I would do that, too, if I was, you know, doing those numbers of views and likes. And and for me, you know, I, I've kind of built up that confidence where if someone's like, and I do get it. It's like, oh, you make Minecraft videos? Really? You're 23 years old and you're dressing up as a Minecraft character from a video game? It's like, yeah. And I tell them, I'm like, I get it. You're right. My videos, you know, aren't meant for you. And uh, that's all right. It's, you know, it is what it is. And you can't really do much about it. But yeah, uh, I just try to 
you're smart. You know your audience. You know who you're playing to. You're not yeah, playing I, to the. You're not playing to a 45 year old soccer mom. You're playing to her kids. And it's interesting because when we start breaking down my videos, like a majority of my audience, 95% of my audience, or I think it's 90%, aren't from the U.S. They're from foreign countries. So these countries, a lot of these countries are just getting the internet. They're just getting access to social media videos. So my content is a little bit more dumbed down, targeted towards a little bit younger audience in the U.S., but outside the U.S., I have a lot older age demographic as they kind of come in and view it. So it's it's a lot of interesting factors that go into it. That's interesting. Do you consider yourself kind of famous now or do you are you still just a guy in Milwaukee still to you? No, I, I don't think um, I'm like one of the large tier creators. I'm definitely not. You know, I think famous creators on YouTube are like household names like Mr. Beast, for example. In the Minecraft community, it's like Dream, who's the number one. Um, you know, having a million followers is having a million followers. A niche audience is more, it's hard to gain that fame with short videos in general, because in those short videos, you're not able to sell your personality as well with longer form videos, YouTubers that may have 500,000 followers, but they make long form videos, have that niche audience of, you know, 30 to 50,000 people that are just down for them. It's a little bit different and it's hard to explain, but short answer, no. No, right. I, I don't consider myself any of that. <laughs> How do you deal with uh, negative feedback? A lot of people get negative comments with maybe it's just a troll. Maybe it's somebody that just a, has a vendetta because they're jealous of you. How do you deal with trolls and negative comments online? Because that's got to probably feed into some of your anxieties as well, I would think. Yeah, you know, it's it's uh, I, I try to feed them almost like if they say, oh, this video is so cringy. I'm like, yeah, dude, I totally agree with you. And it. If, if you kind of cave and you like agree with some of the draw, even if you don't really, if you try to relate with any of these negative comments, majority of the time, it's like, oh my gosh, you responded. I'm sorry I said this majority of the time, you know, and what is it? It's a bunch of kids behind computer screens. I've realized that a lot of people don't. It's the one negative comment that will turn your attitude versus a hundred positive. You know, one negative comments stronger than a hundred neg or other way around. But right. Yeah. You get over it. It's all takes time, but eventually you just you just don't care anymore. You're 23 years old, right? Yeah. How do you feel that? How do you feel that your generation, which is I guess you Generation Z? I Gen don't. Z? I, I don't know. Oh, I was born in 1998, so I'm a nine. I'm a 90s kid, right? You're a nine, <laughs> You're a 90s kid. You were born yeah. in the late 1900s. Look at you. There you go. I like that. I like that. The late 1900s. How do you feel that people like your age view? their own mental health do people take it seriously or is it something that people kind of put on the back burner because my generation my dad and my grandfather were always like you know shut up and shove it down men don't cry that kind of thing and that's kind of the mentality we've been fed as men and from my generation millennials but how do you feel like your parents treated your mental health and how do you your friends view their mental health yeah you know i think like my parents were great they were the best parents i could ever ask for um they were always there as supportive i had a lot better than a lot of people I think did. So I'm very thankful for that. But when it comes to, you know, looking at my generation, I think the male demographic, you know, they still don't share a lot of that. Um, it's not very public. I think a lot of times you see people, you know, especially the female demographic posting, posting, you know, emotional quotes on their Instagram stories or quotes that they're really relating to, or they'd like to share with other females or other males about mental health awareness I think that male demographic is still getting over that hump of being really able to come out and share like, yeah, man, you know, this has got me really down. And they, you know, may feel comfortable sharing that with a smaller group of friends, 
But, you know, coming out under the public, especially on social media about something like that's very difficult. Um, and, you know, the sick reality about creating content on social media is that it's going to absolutely wreck your mental health to begin with. It is a very hard thing to deal with. You are getting criticized from hundreds of thousands of people. And to take that all in and try to absorb and filter through all the feedback is very overwhelming. Um, you know, and it, it weeds out a lot of people because the process is very, it, it's, it's brutal. What do you think is the, the biggest stress or your most, the most brutal thing about working in your field? Yeah, that's, that's actually interesting. And I think for a long time, I thought it was my age. I think a lot of kids uh, that make it big on YouTube tend to hit it around 16, 17, especially in the Minecraft community. And I really hit my stride when I turned 21. So for a long time, I felt like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be a really old creator in this space. Um, and I kind of just, you know, I don't let the age necessarily define my expectations for myself anymore. And I tell that to a lot of kids my age, don't let you, especially your financial situation. Um, don't let that, you know, define yourself. Don't compare yourself with your other peers or like really get down on yourself because, um, you know, someone else your age is doing better than you at this one aspect of life. And I think that was the biggest stressor for me. Uh, for the longest time was just knowing that I was a little bit older and maybe behind the curve age wise uh, right. in my field. Somebody Bob, threw up a question. Her name's Danielle. She wants to say, she says that her kids want to be YouTube stars. <laughs> like a lot that's of awesome. kids. Yeah, that's awesome. Would love advice to give them on what they should do to become successful. I think we've touched on it a little bit, but can you answer it maybe more directly for her? Yeah, I think a lot of kids, um, want to put something out there or are very nervous to put stuff out there at first. And I tell any creator that's trying to get out there is just post videos. Don't worry if they're not good or if they're bad, just post videos and watch how they do. And then just kind of like tweak it just a little bit each time until you find maybe a video got a lot more views and maybe it's because you did this and this, but don't try to come out with a perfect craft without honing it through posting, you know, honing it is by posting lots of videos and watching them fail. And so for especially kids, I tell them, just make a funny video that you think is cool and post it. And don't care what anyone else says. Just keep doing it. Consistency is the largest thing. It's a good rule for life, not caring what other people think. We all care what people think way too much. I keep bringing it up, uh, you know, as it's like, yeah, I just don't care. You know, I just don't care what people think to a certain extent in the comments and all that stuff. But yeah, no, just post, post a video if you like it. I think that's, that's when people, that's when people start to flourish because that's when you're authentic and that's when you can be vulnerable and what you're doing because you're not doing it for anyone else but yourself yeah no 100 percent. people like real especially in this era if they can find something that's real and they can relate to i mean and sometimes that's a cringy video because yeah. they would see themselves making that same cringy video and that's what's funny and i feel like people have a bigger bullshit detector now they can feel like they can they can kind of identify when you're just doing something for likes when you're just doing it for the gram or just doing it for youtube and when you're genuinely doing it because People are going to enjoy this, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's and there's still a lot of fakeness. I mean, TikTok, TikTok is going to have a lot of issues um, on the way the generation views growing up. But and, and I'm a little cautious to say that because I'm also in a different generation looking back on a younger one. Can I really judge them? Because if my my parents generation were to look back at what I'm doing, they're like, oh, my gosh, what is he doing? He's not going to his nine to five job as his main job. And, you know, like all that. Like, that's ridiculous. He's making social media videos. And that's why I don't like to be too hard to judge a younger generation. But I do think there is some, um, you know, different 
issues that will come up, especially in mental health, out of oh, yeah. this new TikTok craze. There's going to be a lot of anxiety issues down the road. Believe 100%. me. 100%. How did that start? TikTok. <laughs> Shorter um, attention spans. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, my friend Claire, she put a message up, uh, a question. She says she manages social media accounts as part of her job, and sometimes it's hard for her to disconnect. Any advice on disconnecting? How do you like? How do you disconnect? Yeah, I, you know, Claire, I, I don't disconnect. I can't take vacations because when I'm on vacation, I get really bad anxiety of not posting. I, you know, I found that you're either dialed in a hundred percent of the time, or you're not relevant on social media. And that's, that's a sad reality that I think I face. And I don't have a good answer of how to disconnect. You mean when um, you're at that, at the level that you are. And I think just once you get a taste of like, you know, the, the views, the kind of the, the follower rising, the feeling that there are people waiting to watch your videos. And the reality is if you don't post a video, they're going to keep watching content and they're going to start watching someone else's content. They're going to fill that. They're not going to wait for you. They're going to fill it with someone else's. And all of a sudden, that's one less follower that you're showing up in their feed. So you can't disconnect. You need to find, you know, I tried to stagger off days. So maybe on one of my off days, I'll re-upload an old video of mine. Re-uploading on social media now is so important. Um, and I know, I think Claire said that she manages a lot of social media accounts. So she might not be, um, or maybe she is creating content, but... For creators, at least, re-uploading content to take an off day is, you know, still a feeling that you got a video up there, but, you know. Something from out. the day before, something from yeah. the week before. Well, like before. even like a month or a year before. Yeah. Saving your old video files is so important because so you yeah. can do that. How do you spend, how do you get more time in the real world without constantly worrying about content? Can you take a break at all? Have you ever taken a break at all? I want to say the largest break I've taken from posting consistently on social media might have been like three or four days in the past two years. Um, now, so that, you know, I also alternate between TikTok and YouTube. I'm not as big on TikTok anymore. Um, I want to focus on YouTube because YouTube's where a lot of the better revenue generation is. And that's, you know, better brand deals on YouTube. But yeah, I think three or four days is probably the longest I've, I've went without posting in the past two years. How crazy were you going during those three days? <laughs> crazy? I, was thinking, I, I don't think I had Wi-Fi. I think that was a large part of the issue. I was on a beach in the USVI, and I didn't have Wi-Fi. And so I was freaking out over those three days. It wasn't that great. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, you just you find time. All right. Here's another interesting question. What would you do if everything you did got deleted tomorrow? Everything. And you had to start completely from scratch. What would you do? If everything I got, del that's, that's an interesting question. If everything I, you know, my content is my life. This is what I've looked up to from like a young kid. I always wanted to do this, but I feel like I've kind of reached my sense of fulfillment with what I wanted to do with it. I feel like, you know, hitting a million followers was always a dream of mine. And I did that on TikTok. I'm about to hit 1 million on YouTube. And I think after that, I've accomplished about every goal with social media. Um, so if everything got deleted tomorrow, I think I'd be, I'd have a sense of fulfillment. Um, and I'd probably start what? building it up again. I'd probably start going at it again. I'd get you go at it on. again. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> once you do it, as soon as you do it once, you can do it easier. You can do it so easy. You know, I you know what you did. Yeah. Kind of you, a... you, you understand the process. You understand what the algorithm wants. It's way easier building up a second account. 
I started a second TikTok account just for fun. Um, and within like the first couple of weeks, it was at a couple hundred thousand um, where it took me, you know, about a year to get to that on my first one. Yeah. Um, so it's like you you understand it after a certain amount of time. But that would so, suck. Don't delete, yeah, my, don't delete my YouTube <laughs> or my TikTok. I don't want to lose that. Don't delete it all. Jack will go crazy. So yeah. uh, you said earlier you do you do um, real estate for hospitals. Is that would that be a fallback plan for you if everything did go to shit and you had to do something else? Is that still like all right? I can do this. Like because you said you do have a, the four year degree. You did go to college. You have your education, so you have something to fall back on. Is that kind of yeah the back like the backup plan, your lifeboat, if you will? Yeah, and the thing is, is I think the reason I I, I love what I do in healthcare real estate. I work with a great group of people. They're very flexible. They're very supportive. They are, they all watch my videos and stuff on social media. So they're very attuned to what I'm doing. Um, but yeah, I really enjoy that as well. I always wanted to get into real estate. And so this gives me a really nice, you know, my, my nine to five job is going and working, giving my company a hundred percent of my time during that nine to, you know, nine to four, nine to five period. Right. Um, and then once I get home, then it's, you know, from, you know, four or five to 11 PM is just all videos and editing. Jeez. So. And then you sleep a couple hours and get up and do it again. Get up. Yep. So that's, get, that's, that's so the lifestyle, baby. Getting sleep, exercising is one of your big self-care things. What are some other quick self-care things that you do to keep, uh, keep yourself level? Man, yeah, exercising is a big one. I've always been, you know, a big fan of that. Um, I try a lot of new things, uh, hobby wise. So I just got into like acrylic painting, and so now I'm like doing acrylic painting. I enjoy exploring the investment world, you know, so I'm really big into cryptocurrency and all the stuff that's going on with crypto gaming. Um, so, yeah, I, I just try to keep my mind busy and, you know, in that little downtime, try to experience something new that I haven't before. Nice. Well, keep taking care of yourself. Be kind to your mind. Uh, be good to yourself because, I mean, you do good work, but don't forget to take some time for Jack. You're right. You're right. Can't be burning out. So find uh, Jack on YouTube, Jack Alexis, you, uh, YouTube, TikTok. And um, thank you for spending the time today. It was a different perspective from somebody that does content creation and social media for like a job. So yeah, Riggs, thanks time. for having me on, man. This is the first podcast slash live that I've done. Like first podcast I've ever done. So thank you very much for having me. It was great nice. talking to you. And then coming spring 2022, I'm going to throw you out of an airplane. That's right. That's right. That's when it's all getting deleted. My life. My life's getting deleted. That's going to be it. It'll be the greatest video you've ever done. It'll double your followers. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. We should live stream that. You should. That would be, yeah. Jack Alexis, thanks so much for your time, dude. You're an awesome fellow, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you, Jack. And that's also up on my Facebook page as a video if you want to watch it again, but you just listen to it. So thanks for checking out another Rigs Off the Radio podcast for Mental Health Monday. You enjoy the rest of your afternoon, your evening, your night, your weekend, whatever it is you have to be doing. Just always remember, make good life decisions, all right? We'll talk to you next time. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 